Do you like Imagine Dragons? Well, imagine dragging yourself over to patreon.com slash bmfcast where you can get bonus podcasts from us, your friends at the Bad Movie Fiends. Check it out. Patreon.com slash bmfcast. All right, and welcome to the Bamcast Variety Hour. Uh, hey, Bamcast Variety Hour. Yeah, number 12. Uh, if you're keeping score at home for some strange reason. Too many. Yeah, too Jesus many. Jesus Christ. 12. Yeah. It's a regular dozen, not a baker's dozen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm BJ. Yeah. Oh, Ch- no Chuck this week. We're sans Chuck. Just, just this week, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. We always seem to make some kind of allusion to somebody's yeah. dead, but it seems like it's not funny anymore. Y'all started getting on to me about <laughs> Chuck about will return. making dead jokes, so yeah. I stopped. Yeah. yeah. So Chuck will return. Chuck will return from him. the farm where we sent him mm-hmm. to play with the other Chucks. Speaking of dead things, like <laughs> presidents or people that weren't quite presidents. <laughs> oh. Okay. Guys who might be on money bills, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hamilton came out. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about Hamilton for a, a uh, little Disney bit. Disney Plus, man, it's going to be a Hamil ton of fun. I think because <laughs> we're going <laughs> to. I don't think there's a lot of Hamil fans here in the Hamiltons yeah. or Faneltons or whatever they are. Faneltons, yeah, Fan-tons. hamming it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. some people here yeah. can air and barely give a shit. <laughs> Yeah, it's sad because Chuck isn't here because, like, mm-hmm. I know his wife is, like, a huge Hamilton fan, and I think that's kind of bled over into him. Okay. Because I know he got kind of defensive when I was like, yeah, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda sucks <laughs> when I was talking about his Dark Materials. So I, I'm I'm kind of bummed he's not here to talk about it. But, uh, yeah, I watched all two hours and 40 minutes of Hamilton. Did you? I... Wait, two hours and 40 minutes? Holy shit. There's an intermission, so it's really only two hours and 39 minutes. <laughs> I was going to say it's a one-minute intermission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to give you the faux theater experience of, you know, here's where the intermission would be. Yeah. And but, it, but I mean, I that's kind of how Broadway is, BJ. It's like, you know, this is why it costs like 80 bucks to get a ticket or... I mean, standard prices, not like inflated. I like, mean, you know, I've seen I've price. seen Broadway shows. I mean, not on Broadway, but I've seen touring Broadway shows and like... Yeah, man, I as, just don't. I guess, I guess it's my my dislike of Lin Manuel's Miranda. Yeah, Lin Manuel Miranda's Miranda ness. Mm-hmm. That so makes I, me think that that's a that would take a long time. All the ones that. I've seen have had an act split in the middle. Is this like is basically every play? I mean, I think it's kind of a first half, second half thing. Yeah, I mean, some plays have two intermissions, you know, but. Like, okay. you know, really long ones. But yeah, I mean, it's usually just like a pee break thing. Like, hey, you know, like people yeah, can't sit there that long and, you know, we can sell alcohol. <laughs> because I will never forget going to see Rent with a girl I was seeing at the time. And we're like, oh, sweet, it's over. And then we realized it was the intermission and there was a whole second half of it. We're like, should we stay or should we leave? And or I was like, go now? let's yeah, the question. Yeah, I was like, let's stay because I think some of these characters are going to die. So I'd like to see that. 
I'd like to actually be rewarded for my time by watching someone, uh, one of these deadbeats die. I cannot remember if any of them died. But Hamilton, people yeah. die in Hamilton. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, maybe Spoilers spoiler the titular character. U.S. history. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if you've read any U.S. history or seen, uh, you know, a milk commercial in your lifetime, uh, you probably know that Hamilton gets shot by mm-hmm. Aaron Burr at the end. Spoiler yeah. uh, to history, I guess. Okay. I know I'm sidetracking us once again, uh-huh. but new workplace. Okay. Getting to know new people. They're talking about Hamilton. And I was like, all right, I, you know, whatever. And then one of them's like, yeah, like, remember that milk commercial with a young Steve Buscemi? And I was like, and I sat there and I was like, don't be that guy. Just don't be, don't go over there. Don't, don't, don't engage. Just mm-hmm. stay at your desk. Do not get up. Do not tell them. No, that's not Steve Buscemi. Michael Bay directed it. it don't get into that. Don't be that guy yet. And so. So you yeah, didn't? I, no, I didn't get up. I did. Oh. I, I only joined the conversation when it turned to Lynn Manuel Miranda. Oh. Which uh, oh, one, one to, of the girls. Bring it back. Yeah. One of the girls loved Hamilton. Except she said, you know, I don't think Lin-Manuel Miranda can sing. And then I burst in the room and said, thank you. Thank you. Somebody else who said that. Thank you. And yeah, um, it's a good thing he wrote it because he would never get close to that part otherwise. Because everyone else in that is fucking amazing. Like every, like literally everyone else in that show is absolutely phenomenal. And yep. he sucks. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know any other way to put it. He, like, as I've said before, he may be the nicest person in the world. He can't sing, and he just keeps mugging the whole time. And I, it, it, it's tough to enjoy a show when your titular character is played by the worst actor and the worst singer in the group. And I know, like, and it feels weird now because it feels like everyone has turned on Hamilton. You know, once this came out, everyone's like, oh, you know, not even getting into the whole like revisionist history shit of it as far as like, oh, no, slavery. Let's not mention that ever once in the entirety of a two hour and 40 minute play. Except they do a lot. <laughs> not really. They, they do. Like, they don't make it a thing, really. Uh, all right. <laughs> I, I didn't at least and maybe I'm just misunderstanding because I can't understand when people sing literally every line in the show. No, I mean, it's it's in the first song. It talks about him being an abolitionist. And, you know, it's in when he meets uh, Lafayette and company. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, it, they're talking about the revolution and how it's not going to be over until every, you know, all the people in bondage are free too. you know. Mm-hmm. And okay. it's part of the final song after well, he gets shot where it's like, you know, what, do you, what would he have done if he'd lived longer to free the people and stuff? Yes, there that does show up. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's just funny reading letterbox reviews of it that keep bringing that up that, Oh no, he was actually married to a slave owner's family. So, you know, so how much of that was him changing history and how much of that was actually what happened. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's okay. Like I don't hate it. A lot of the songs are really good. Like the ones that don't involve him and don't involve, uh, you know, um, I'm just a bill type Dr. Seuss nursery school after school rhymes that are terrible and cloying and a lot of times rhyme with themselves. Which oh, is pet boo, peeve. that's cardinal sin. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it just, you know, watching the whole thing, it just kept feeling like 
a Simpsons sketch where it's like, you know, like they'll make anything into a musical. And then all of a sudden it'll be like, they're watching Hamilton, the musical, you know, like it just, you just, I'm watching it going, why is this even like, I mean, I'm amazed it happened and I'm amazed it's watchable because it's honestly like, what the fuck? Like, this is like, it just feels like almost like it should have been the producers type level of, hey, we made this thing about the founding fathers, but it's just Alexander Hamilton, who's kind of not really the hero of the thing at all. You know, it's just, it's, I don't know. I feel like I'm dominating this Harlow. You've, you've watched it. I mean, what are your feelings on it? Uh, kind of mostly exactly the opposite. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to argue. So I think, I think. Lin-Manuel Miranda's biggest problem in this is that he cast everybody so well that it shines the light on that he's not as good as the others. I mean, clearly, you know, from I mean, from a performing standpoint, I mean, he wrote and conceived and all of the other things of it. So, you know, I yeah, you know, not, every, not everyone can Orson Welles it, you know, like, I mean, you know, and, and, and even Orson Welles got in Orson Welles his own way when he shouldn't have been in the, some of the parts he did, you mm-hmm. know, like and. You know, so it's like sometimes that ego thing of like maybe somebody else would have been a better in this part sort of thing. But well, I, I just like I couldn't help watching and then seeing like David Diggs, like when he comes out as Thomas Jefferson, yeah, he just fucking owns everything. Like you're just like, holy shit, this guy mm-hmm. is awesome. And I couldn't help thinking like if I'm supposed to be rooting for Hamilton, swap their parts. Like, if you really got to do it, because you're not supposed to like Thomas Jefferson, but I fucking love the guy. Like, everything he does in that is like, yeah, fuck yes, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. And, like, I I can't imagine how good it would be if you just swapped their parts. Have him be Hamilton and actually have charisma and then, you know, put Lin-Manuel Miranda in the Thomas Jefferson role. Well, and I mean, if, I think if they leaned into what I think is, it's, like, why I think it's more than just a you know, revisionist history or after school special version of history is mm-hmm. the parallels of the, you know, the whole parallels to like, you know, the plot of Amadeus, the, the, co- you know, competition between him and Aaron Burr and how they're constantly crossing paths. And, you know, mm-hmm. Aaron Burr's just doesn't have the charisma thing, you know, and it's like, he's got everything yeah. else going for him. And it's just like, everyone's like, fuck off Burr, you know, like, it's just like, we don't like when you talk, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, that like intense kind of jealousy through his entire life that, drives to you know drives the plot Mm -hmm. so i mean what i was getting at is like to me i think if anything you should probably have built it up to be more like if you're gonna if you're gonna semi do that plot consciously or unconsciously or subconsciously uh like the main role in in amadeus is not mozart (laughs) it's salieri you Mm -hmm. know and it's like i would have built that role for me to play the aaron burr part and like do something interesting with it like make Mm -hmm. him this like you know lean into the tragic hero thing you know like it's not really his fault and blah 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 you know like yeah all, all that you know it's like they don't really go i mean you, you know, can you make the top gun argument of like you know aaron burr's the hero and Ham, hamilton's the villain kind of thing you know mm-hmm. like you know that reverse. oh i already made it sure I, I, yeah. yeah but I, I i don't i don't agree with that i mean that you're obviously clouding the actor parts in this because i mean like what aaron burr's doing is not great <laughs> like i mean it's like i said he's he's inferior yeah. in every way and it's like if you know I, I think you're like letting your personal feelings on the actor versus the character thing to dominate that maybe a little yeah but i i have other issues with it like because like the more i thought about it mm-hmm. the more that movie's in such a hur- or show i should say is in such a hurry to get everywhere that doesn't 
it doesn't take the time to develop stuff because it's like he meets a girl and suddenly the next scene they're married and suddenly like the the sister who had never said two words to him is suddenly like i'm so in love with alexander hamilton and you're like wait what where'd this come from you know and then the end like the last 20 minutes or so they're like now let's just get this shit over with it, it feels almost like like a tv show you know when they suddenly realize they're getting canceled and they're like all right you got to cut every you, we got to get everything get get the story done now that's how the end of hamilton feels because it's suddenly like you ain't never going to be president and then all of a sudden there's like uh, okay his wife broke up with him now she's back and now he's getting shot you know it's like wait wait whoa it's, what like it's suddenly like bam 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 and they're suddenly like they've jumped ahead 10 years and it's over okay. and you know aside from giving his son the worst possible advice in the history of humanity and then doing the exact same thing himself you know it's like okay whatever but yeah I, there's just not just on like the whole like revisionist history level as far as like because some people are like having like the reaction I had to Ready Player One, they're like having that reaction towards Hamilton. They're just like, no, fuck this thing. Fuck everything about it. It's all, you know, it's all the Obama politics that didn't change anything and actually made things worse. You know, they're like getting into all that. And I don't give a fuck about that. I just don't think it's that well written. And, you know, the, you know, the dark little secret about hip hop is live hip hop sucks. Like seeing hip hop live sucks and it will always suck i don't know how you fix that because it's just it like it's something that has to be done in a studio and the mix matters and understanding how the, what the people are saying matters otherwise it's just someone shouting into a microphone and if you know it already you're like all right cool yeah yeah but if you don't know the song like you don't know like it doesn't work and that's why all the rap sections i mean not only are they just like entry-level Dr. Seuss shit they're you know they're performed on stage and that stuff just always comes off as after-school special cheesy if you know if, if the scale tips that little bit too far and to me that one tips way too far and it's just like it's just like the shit that you know old white people are like I don't like that rap but I like that Hamilton you know like that's the sort of shit that you would that you'd hear and yeah I, I just David Diggs is the only one who can even remotely do any of those, like, like do any of those verses properly. It's, just, it's, I'm, I'm glad so many people enjoy it, but yeah, it just, the more I think about it, it's, it's super frustrating because some of those songs are really fucking good. Like, like the Thomas Jefferson one, like when he first shows up and he's like, what I miss, like that one goes between like three different styles and they're all really good. And, you know, and it's just like, I kept wanting for the songs where like, okay, don't rap, don't rap, don't rap, don't rap, just sing. And those songs are great. And then the other ones, and they're catchy as shit. You know, it's like, there's so much, so many good things buried in there that, you know, I just, I, I wish Lin-Manuel Miranda hadn't cast himself in it. And I wish he hadn't tried to shoehorn rap songs in basically. So, Yeah. I don't think I liked it. No, clearly. <laughs> and, and and it's just like, and the, it's just, I guess the more I think about it, the more I don't like it. <laughs> so, you know. Okay. Yeah. Right. 
I don't I don't I don't even know how to begin to argue all that. I just I mean it's it's a progression through the history of rap through history. I mean there's a lot going on. I feel like you're super simplifying. <laughs> like every the everything in that show gets more complicated like the history of rap. I mean, yes, it starts off with all mm-hmm. of the 80s. Like I mean, I feel like you fell asleep in the first 10 minutes. Like <laughs> you know, cuz it's like you're you feel like you're pointing out everything that's in the couple, first couple of minutes because yes, it starts off with like, you know, Sugar Hill Gang level of rapping because it then mm-hmm. progresses into like no, but crazy the debate features. stuff with Thomas Jefferson is cringy too. Like it's not good. All right, I, I, I just, it's not good. I mean, by that point, <laughs> it was like basically doing. I mean, it was like in f- almost a, like full on rap. Well, the rap battle part was more like the part when Aaron Burr and everyone walks in. You know, I, whatever. I don't. Know. I, I mean, I, I I haven't absorbed it enough to try to go through piece by piece to like because I think there's actually like a lot of. I think there's a lot of complex going on both theatrically and even in some strange ways filmmaking which sounds weird because of how it was produced um mm-hmm. but there's some close-up stuff that you wouldn't get in the live show and and alternate camera angles that they messed around with yeah that, because that, they they did those takes a separate day where there's no audience mm-hmm. yeah well yeah. yeah it was actually like three different days like yeah yeah there's there's some continuity or something yeah but i guess but i guess there was a day of shooting where it was just like in the theater mm-hmm. with no people so right. they could do all that, you know, cause I could obviously like, if I was, if I had paid whatever the fuck you pay to see Hamilton to, you know, <laughs> to have some guy with a, with a steady cam running onto the stage, I'd probably riot too. Yeah. But, but no, I mean, it's like with the, the turntable set and stuff like that is like clever. Yeah. I, like, really honestly, well. I really like that set yeah. a lot. Like, like they really, and I use that well, like when they want to have someone like, like the one where he basically meets the mistress mm-hmm. like the just the movement through that and the way they use that as you know they have burr walking down the street and just the rotation of it like all that shit's really good mm-hmm. like i can i can totally admit like there's a lot of great not filmmaking but staging going on in that show that really works yeah i i mean that's i i just i i think isn't it like some feat of cinema? No, it's a slightly fancified version of shooting a stage play, you know, and, mm-hmm. and all that entails. It's like saying, you know, like, is, you know, my dinner with Andre some great cinematic achievement? No, it's two dudes sitting at a table and talking mm-hmm. for an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. <laughs> it's like a couple of camera angles. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's like, I, I just getting it as a mass appeal or a mass consumable thing for everybody to see without having to pay the the fee you know like that's that's what's weird to me is i feel like there's some level of backlash of the exclusivity if you will of of, of broadway shows and just the that nature of, of hit mm-hmm. ones that you know become that status symbol of like oh i got tickets to that you know it's like i'm wearing the blah 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 brand and you know and mm-hmm. you know there's it's i agree the 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 your natural instinct is just to rebel against that just because it's just like, you know, fuck you. You know, I don't care about your status symbol, you know, like you got the limited edition, whatever fucking, yeah, it doesn't help at the end that they're like, and he created the economic system we use to this day. And it's like, thanks. I guess I get, I I guess that part goes over better with people who can afford Broadway tickets. Maybe don't know. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, but 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 yeah, it, like I just I mean they, this whole like I, I, I appreciate that the way they did it 
Mm-hmm. They just basically filmed the stage show. Yeah. That they didn't try and fuck around. They didn't try and be like, no, let's make it, you know, let's, you know, let's magic submarine this shit and have like sequences where it's suddenly a dream sequence and they're in a set with actually doing that, you know, like, like none of that bullshit. They're just like, no, it's here's the stage show. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's take it or leave it. You know, I mean, I'm not telling you you have to like something. Obviously, I mean, there's lots oh, of no. reasons not to like it. I mean, and I don't mean you. I mean the royal you. Like, I mean, it's like you know, it's, I'd hate it more if you told me to you like know, it. It's it's a musical, so I mean, you know, there's a hard cross section. You know, like you have some people. It's like yes, they rap some of the lyrics, so oh, I'm out too. You know, and then it's like then you have the whole like, I'm sorry, but like you've got the bad population where it's like, those people aren't black or brown. You know, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it's just like, I, I heard think- that from a coworker as well. He's like, yeah, it was a little weird having, you know, like black guys play founding fathers who were all white. And I'm like, stay at your desk, yeah. stay at your desk. Well, yeah. I mean, cause that's the thing is like, I, I think people are now, I, you know, I think I feel like that the the arm armchair uh, outrage people are getting their hands on it. So it's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how how did this one thing not solve the race problems? And it's like, what the fuck? Like, you know, like like not yeah. everything has to be this the this magic bullet that is going to solve everything. He produced a play and cast it colorblind. It wasn't like some decision where it was like all of the founding fathers will be black. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's he was like, I'm going to cast the most talented people I come across, not based on mm-hmm. anything that they look at and look like, you know, <laughs> and, then that, yeah. and that, that's that's the secret of the play. It's not like some devious like. I'm going to make, yeah, you know, and, a, a rap thing, but I'm going to make the founding fathers rap and take that honkies, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and, I don't and, know. It's just, I don't think that's the I point un- of it at all. I understand the people who are like, who feel like it's just a performative measure, mm-hmm. but I don't agree with them. You know, I, I, I'm totally fine with all the casting. I like, yeah. I, you know what, it all works because like you said, it's like I said, everyone except him is super talented. Like they're everyone, everyone but him is amazing. And it's just, it's a shame. He's the black hole in the middle of it. Yeah. I mean, this isn't going to do my argument in favor of him any justice, but, uh, because of what the, the analogy I'm about to make, but it's sort of like, and again, forgive me, but it's sort of like Woody Allen movies. Like even the ones that were good when they were good, remove him and they would probably be better. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he was generally like the acting weak link in most of those. And that's why some of his better, more well-remembered movies, if you want to remember them at all, were the ones mm-hmm. that he wasn't in. <laughs> like, well, yeah. And, and to that point, it's just kind of the way it's written as well. I wonder if he would change it, seeing someone else playing the part aside from him, because there's a lot of Alexander's the greatest man, Hamilton. Oh my God, this guy. Uh, oh man. If only I was more like Alexander Hamilton, the world would be a better play. You know, it's like everyone, like, he gets hyped up even though he doesn't really do that much in the course of the actual show. It's like a lot of people say how awesome he is, but he never actually does anything. It's like if everyone was like, oh man, you better fucking watch out for Rambo. You better watch the fuck out for Rambo. He's going to fucking murder everybody. And then at the end, they just capture Rambo. And they're like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's kind of, like it's just like they build up this character that never earns any of it. So, I, I don't know. Right. I, I just I, the more I think about it, the more problems I, I find in my brain. So I All probably right. need to stop talking about it. Well, 
it, it, it has uh, zero uh, power behind the punch now, but my one catty remark was that, that going to be that I can't get the goddamn King George song out of my head, the You'll Be oh, Back yeah. song. But Those songs, like, I remember telling Jen by the second time he showed up, I'm like, this is the best shit in the show by but far. My catty remark is that despite the fact that it's basically a uh, daydream believer. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> it, it is one note <laughs> off, and I like when I realized that, I was like, Okay, it's not out of my head, but it, yeah, well, now that I've heard that, I can't unhear it. <laughs> yeah, but it it is weird, like how many different styles show up in that show, mm-hmm. like like a lot of different musicals. I mean, even in the in the Thomas Jefferson one I was talking about, there's like a whole gospel section, there's a jazzy section, like, and they're all really good. Yeah. So, they, I, and I think that stuff makes the stuff that doesn't work stand out more to me, because it's like, man, I wish you had just stuck with the shit that really works. I, well, I mean, all, as with all things, I, I, I have a feeling, and you know, we'll never know this because we weren't one of the few thousand people that got to witness it, probably. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling that if they somehow could have gone back in time and filmed it like within its first year, his performance would have been different. Yeah, really? I feel, yes, I do. I feel in like, what way? Well, like. I, I, <laughs> I feel like success may have changed him or at least boosted up his ego a little bit too much. And I mean, that's a problem for stage people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even want to open that basket, but like there's some famous stage people that have like gotten some high accolades and, you know, acclaim and whatnot. And it's like, then they're not as good ever after that. Cause it's just like, I'm through time, Tony winning, you know, like, you know, you're going to start talking shit about Topol. I'm not, to ta- I'm not. I'm not going to start dropping names. Over I, there. I am not going to dra- drop any names. I'm not opening that can at all. But I'm just saying, like, it, yeah. it's a, it's a known fact of, like, you know, I'm just saying that I think if you could have gone back, his performance would have been a little different in the beginning. And I, because I'm thinking, like, just based on like listening to, to the cast recording CD, that's not, you know, that, that's mm. that was put out years ago before it became super, super duper successful. It yeah. sounds different. Like, there's a lot of things that are toned down, and even things that like. I think work cranked up because like um, Jonathan Groff's King George thing, when he goes fucking ape shit about the don't change the sh- subject is like so very <laughs> like it's much more low key in the cast recording version. Mm-hmm. I mean, he still kind of yells it, but I mean, he fucking like is that, is that where he spits like spits yes. on himself. Oh almost? yeah. Like all over the place. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah. he just fucking like, don't change the subject. And it's just like, Holy God, man. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, it's just, I'm saying like, I feel like, a lot of people, you know, probably just from time, some of them had stopped doing the play, you know, like he, you know, he'd gone on to other things and, you know, other people had taken the role, but like all the original cast came back and I feel like it was probably like some combination of like, oh my God, this is it. They're filming it, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then because some of them are film actors too. And I feel like, you know, some of them were like doing the stage thing, but even though it's filmed and, you know, like, yeah, you know, so some, some people it was working better than others, you know? Yeah. That's that's yeah. that, that's that's the thing you run into the problem sometimes with just filming a stage production is we've mentioned it before acting for the stage and acting for the screen are two very different things and sometimes mm-hmm. some people when you pull in close it's like I'm still stage acting and you know and that works when you're you know 20 rows back but yeah and I I don't know why but I I kept wondering why certain people got mics and other ones didn't yeah that's a weird thing about like Broadway style shows in general is almost everybody is miked and you can with as much money as most of them are making you can Mm -hmm. afford to give everybody a mic we don't need this you know 
we don't need the I am projecting my voice yeah. at all times thing in, in theater anymore. And I, I wish it would go away. And I wish people mm-hmm. would just talk like normal human beings. Well, I think it yeah. also has to do with the style of song, too. Because, I mean, like a bombastic, loud song sometimes is hard to sing at a, t- at a level that a mic wouldn't make it blaring. But, like, if you're rapping, you probably can't stage blast that back, you know, because mm-hmm. you just run out of breath. I mean, it's just like, yeah. you know, especially well, yeah, like, it, I mean, I mean, that's like, what that, the sound guy's for. F- fuck, but I, I don't think I don't think the guy who played George Washington ever rapped and he was one that had it he and did, he, and but he it was like, like the way he sang he didn't need it i mean that guy yeah. fucking belts it out it, i mean the real george washington never rapped either yeah that we know of yeah i know trust me <laughs> okay uh yeah. i think some cherry trees might have been dropped down or something <laughs> i don't know uh anyway but yeah I, I i just we can move on yeah so did you watch anything else new um no, no not new no i've watched lots of older things <laughs> Let, let's hear about one of them all right maybe well, even two i'll okay so i'll, I'll blanket this in, all in as one little discussion and then we can move on because i know how much we've already talked about this in life mm-hmm. uh but for whatever reason i decided to rewatch some fests and furiouses um, oh. starting with five through eight and hobbs and shaw basically so wow nice um i i, I made notes for one of them because I, I i i basically came to a, a conclusion and i i don't think i can be talked out of this anymore um, um fast five still great obviously i mean no no change in anything there yeah don't, don't worry uh six is still as good or just almost as good like it's it's so weird like i it like in going back it's so close to being as good like it's it's a really it's a much more solid movie than i think i originally gave it credit like six is really solid. It's just not five. Yeah. yeah, it 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 suffers from following five. That is the only problem yeah. with it. And and you know, I mean, if you want to get nitpicky, there's all the dumb things like you know the 85 mile long you know runway up the, for the plane and whatever somebody yeah. figured out it would have to be. But um, I, this is what I realized: seven is a bad movie, like a bad bad movie, as in almost as stay away. And I I. I came to this decision like here's here's the thing is like I've just I've I've come to terms like, like seven is is a bad movie like it's not it's not it's it's poorly directed and I I know I've I've said before that I don't like James Wan and this mm-hmm. is like a movie that kind of encapsulates everything I think why I think he's a hack um and it's not just like his stupid like spinny camera move thing that he uses like twelve times in the movie. You know the the follow the person as they're getting flipped oh, yeah. around, where it's just like, okay, do it. Where he gets the rock bottom. Yeah, yeah, do it one more fucking time. I need to see. You can this. do that once or yeah. maybe twice, but it's, it, he did it once in Aquaman. I was waiting. Yeah, for he it. got it out of the way early in yeah. Aquaman. It was like I was like, okay, there it is. Just that, please let that be the one. Um, like Aquaman, I think he got a little better, but like there's there's just straight up scenes that look like they're missing frames. Like they look like they're speed ramped, or you know, like like. Or not speed ramp, but you know, you know what I mean. Like that, uh, yeah. The the fake slow motion thing. Like they they're just straight up. It's like it's poorly shot. Like it's, it's, it's blinky. Like I I can't even explain it. And it's it, this is watching it on the same platform, a digital copy, like a real digital mm-hmm. copy on the same medium, going from one movie to the next, and like that are all in the same quality. And it's like seven just looks bad. Like in in, in like basic action sequences. There and yeah. the, and the humor parts in it are fucking atrocious. Like, 
like people think Michael Bay's bad at comedy. Bad boy movies are funny at least. This like everything that is supposed to be funny in Seven is awful. <laughs> like every single thing. I'll say this: it's the only one I haven't seen since the theater. Yeah. Well, it's, like like I have not watched it again. Like, and and the thing is, is like, I, this is going to sound like I'm now getting into like cinema sins or film flub level or everything. But there's like there's continuity errors that are like base level, and it's like. There, there is one. Well, no, there's one that it's like okay, continuities are errors are one thing, but like there is one that it's like such a major continuity error that it's not. It, 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 it stops being a minor problem and it becomes like holy shit! Like your eyes are going to go there immediately first and realize that you've made a problem in the frame. How the fuck did you not see that? And that's when he sends the bomb to the Toretto house. And it's like Brian's putting the baby in the van and everything, and there, and he's like, "Oh, we got a package from Tokyo here." And it's like, uh, you know, he calls, and it's like that's it's the scene where he's killing Han, you know, and telling mm-hmm. him like, you know, you better watch out, and the bomb goes off, and like the long shot overhead shot does not have the minivan parked next to the house, which unless you're a if you're not a fucking sociopath, is the first place your eyes go because you're like, I hope the fucking baby is okay. <laughs> like I'm like, I know the superheroes that jump off of bridges and things are going to be fine. The fucking baby doesn't have his fast and furious superhero mm-hmm. cape yet. <laughs> like, like, and so like you're, you're like the baby's in the minivan and my eyes are like, Holy shit, the baby. And it's like, the van's not there. <laughs> like, It's literally like not in the shot. And they didn't even CG it in. No. <laughs> no. And I was just like, what the fuck? And so like, if I had a time machine, this is what I do. And it, it related to furious seven is a number one, obviously prevent Paul Walker from dying. That's that's number one because I have my priorities in line. Number two yeah. is uh, convince them not to hire James Wan, and number three is I think it would have been salvageable is get someone to squash the Rock Vin Diesel beef before it got out of hand because yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where it started because that's where he did the whole like oh I'm hurt and out of most of the movie and then I will come back in <laughs> and I do. Do they share any scenes? I can't even remember now, but I don't yeah. think they do. They actually do an eight too. Like I was not. I was. I really thought they were totally separating eight, but they, they, they share more scenes than I thought. But mm-hmm. anyway, I just, they're, they're also, okay. My last note of like just bad filmmaking is there is a shot during the whole predator drone thing at the end of seven where Jamon Hansu is in like the helicopter, like barking out orders of like, get them, shoot them, shoot the drone over here. And there is one shot of him turning around. Like he's piloting the helicopter and he's turning around to like his tech guy in the back. He turns around when the guy gives him some news and just goes, what? And like, you know, his voice, like his really angry voice. Mm -hmm. And like, it's used three times. I'm pretty sure it's the same shot. I'm 99% sure it's the exact same take. And the whole thing is like, I'm realizing either, either James Wan thinks he's better, a better filmmaker than he is. And that's why it didn't work with the Fast and Furious uh, thing. Like the 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 the, the feel of the latter day ones that are going for, because he either was like intentionally thinking I'm making a cheesy movie and I'm going to cheese it up, or like he thinks he's a better director and you get the the John McTiernan last action hero syndrome, because I feel like mm-hmm. you know like as like Fast and Furious Seven or Furious Seven whatever the fuck it's called, feels like last action hero like it's like this what's in there you're like man this should be awesome but there's something wrong about everything in this like none of this tonally makes any sense and that's fast and that's furious seven all over it's just it just doesn't fit like all, all the comedy's wrong like the some reason like you know we, we've we've noted that it's like 
it's been hard for it to shed the gross bro street racer thing you know like it's always got mm-hmm. like bikini girls and shit like in you know doing car wash dumb things and well we're like, yeah i mean like the opening scene of seven is like fuck you yeah it like, really is fuck you for real man yeah that's the like, one where like, they go got, to fucking we, we escaped this and you're bringing it right back well that's, yeah they literally go to race wars like that's what yeah. they go to <laughs> like that's the fucking yeah. name of the thing and i'm like okay i get the play that on words but also one. go fuck i'll yourself. say that yeah, was the uh, name yeah, of it in one i, I know so. but we started it's this. established canon. Yes, I know. Race but, wars. But I'm just saying, like, there, there's something about seven. Like, it's, it's still, you know, like I said, the, the calendar girl, pinup girl thing is still prevalent in like five and mm-hmm. six and all that. But it's like something about seven. It's just, it's, it's like extra gross, and I can't explain it. It's like everything is just like every decision is like, I think I know what I'm doing, and I'm going, you know, basically like when in doubt, look up the Michael Bay playbook is what it feels mm-hmm. like, and it just it's all done wrong. Because eight, I'm here to say, is better than I remembered it being. Like eight, just like from the moment eight starts, you're like, oh, we're back on track. <laughs> like literally, like I, I think I was just in some mild, you know, funk about the movies by that point, just because of like mm-hmm. how I couldn't put into words. Like there's almost like a guilt for wanting to like seven because it's like it's the Paul Walker tribute, you know, missing man thing yeah. at the end. That's what you remember. And you're like, it feels disrespectful to be like, I don't like this movie, but I'm time has gone on and it's like nothing but respect Paul Walker and RIP, but this movie sucks, <laughs> you know? And, and, and I don't know if it's the crow effect of like, how much did they have to like work around that? But I, I still think mm-hmm. it would have been dog shit regardless. I, I honestly do. Cause it's like scenes that he is clearly in and therefore are just shot poorly. But eight is great. Like eight is like, if getting F Gary gray is like the perfect mix of like somehow he stepped in and, and like got right into the Justin Lin style good action, but nails mm-hmm. the comedy bits too. Cause there's some funny shit in eight, like Jason, yeah. Jason Statham doing the hard boiled baby routine on the plane is fucking hilarious. And it's, it's incredibly well shot from an action standpoint, but then like him just mugging at the baby and then cutting the baby going, you know, like it's, it's just mm-hmm. like, it's just great. And then, you know, he's listening to the fucking chipmunks, like, real low in the background you know you're just like Christmas, Christmas. You know, like while well, he's just murdering mm-hmm. dudes on the plane it's like it's just it's great and I, yeah. I i appreciate f gary gray's dedication to insert a friday line into every movie he's made since friday like it's it's mm-hmm. it's amazing <laughs> i always forget yeah. that it's gonna happen and then when it happens i'm like ah, there it is because <laughs> yeah like tej parker like when uh What's her face uh, from Game of Thrones walks away. And he's just, he's like, hey, Miss Parker. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just like, all right, yeah, that was clever. Work that in. Yeah, it's like all my problems with eight are on the script level, which sounds dumb to say about a Fast and Furious movie, mm-hmm. but you know, like just the villain's motivation is dumb. Like as far as like to me, it, it works. I mean, it's it's as yeah. vague as like you know what uh, what's his first first Shaw was after. Because is he Owen? Yeah, because Deckard is the is yeah, yeah. Owen Shaw is like had this vague like uh, things and reasons. I'm, I don't know. I'm evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but and it's also like just like no, this guy killed Han. Do not have a barbecue with him, regardless if it's Jason Statham or not. Yeah, but, but by then he he they they actually do a a much better redemption arc for him and throughout that movie than I remember them doing. Yeah, and, and they do and, keep him separate from everybody else yeah. for the most part. Yeah, so that, that, that kind of works towards it too. I mean they even like kind of like 
think you make you think he's dead for a, a spell <laughs> for half a spell in the movie because like they basically like you know Vin Diesel's like oh shoot you and then everyone's like oh he died and everyone's like oh I'm kind of sad <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but yeah and then I, I totally yeah. forgot like they brought Hel- Helen Mirren in that early and stuff like I mean yeah. it's like yeah I, I like yeah that. but I, I guess the thing with eight too is it has uh, the pet peeve that Chuck and I both have in that like just fucking tell somebody. You know, like, like Vin Diesel just refuses to tell anybody anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you could save everyone a lot of hassle if you're just like, listen, here's the deal. You know, but. Yeah. I think there's a weird meta level that works to that. Because, I mean, Vin Diesel truly is the villain of that franchise at this point. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, if he left, like, you know, it would just be better. <laughs> I mean, because, like, <laughs> he's, I think he's, like, the thing that makes everybody angry, honestly. Like, He's the reason I think there's beef on the set and stuff is because of him, you know. And you know, I'm I'm not I'm not taking any blame away from The Rock, whatever his role in it was, you know, whatever beef they have. But I mean, from all sounds of it, it's like Vin Diesel acting like a prima donna inside because I feel like other yeah. people have confirmed that. So. Because like, ask anybody else if they have like anything bad to say about The Rock, and mm-hmm. like nobody ever yeah. does. Like so. like, and and he's done a ton more things than Vin Diesel's done at this point. Everyone's like, no, that guy's awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah, I yeah. don't know. It's just it's it. Like I said, eight's eight's way better than I thought it. I remembered it being like it's it's got some really yeah. really solid stuff. In it. So, did they push nine to next year? Is that what happened? Like next April or something crazy might, like that? I think it might be. Yeah. Man, that's a shame. We should have already seen it by now, man. Yeah, and, and John Cena's in it. As Dom's long lost that's, brother. That's that's the main reason we haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> and Han's back. <laughs> we can uh, see it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I forgot how much they like. You know, watching these all now in 4K and whatnot. I was like, I thought they were more subtle about the Han Solo <laughs> being his last name. You know, his made up last name. But it's yeah. it's literally all over every screen every time they pull him up, like in big oh, letters. Really? Yeah. Like I, I I don't know why I just remember that being like a oh Easter egg if you're paying attention. It's, last name is Seoul, like the capital of South Korea, mm. and O, like Sandra's last name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. And also the exclamation, O. Mm-hmm. Also yeah. a question, O. Yeah, oh. yeah, that's a, that's Fast and Furious stuff. I, I've, I've got another bundle of movies that I decided to watch for no reason, but I, I will yield the floor yeah. for now. Well, while we're talking about stunt spectaculars, uh, Jen wanted to watch Kingsman. So <laughs> I watched Kingsman: The Secret Service again, and that is one of those movies that just keeps like I like it more every time I see it, and I think because I know like the really really stupid shit is coming, that I become more cool with it. If that makes sense, well, I get it. Because I mean, you think about like all the the way they take care of so many people so many bad guys near the end of that movie by inputting a code Mm -hmm. is like just so fucking excessive but it's still like it works even better for me (laughs) now that like knowing it's coming and just knowing that basically they just they made a fucking Roger Moore Bond movie with ridiculous violence Mm -hmm. like just ludicrous levels of violence you know obviously the free bird scene is the top scene of that entire movie you know and it's like just gross and exploitative and it has become my favorite scene of like the past decade save the bank the bank vault chase you know but yeah i i I, we we all be we're gonna watch uh what's the second one golden circle 
The, we were going to watch it yeah. last night, but we didn't eat dinner till super late, and then we were like, ah, we're not starting this two and a half hour movie now. Yeah, so. I need to I need to rewatch that and see if maybe that has the gets better effect. Because <laughs> I didn't, like I said, I didn't like it. It was just like, hmm, like this is huh. well, and it's one of those things too. It's like it's it, basically everybody like same everything's back. You know, mm-hmm. same director, same. You know, like it's not like yeah. There's no reason just, for it to be to- as totally different as it feels, but. Like I said, I just I probably need to watch it again because maybe I will come around like having proper metered expectations yeah. for it instead of like oh yeah, give me yeah something. we'll, we'll Top see of free because, bird like, scene. come on let's do it <laughs> yeah we'll see because I'm always more about origin stories than I am about you know like the all right gangs all together let's go have an adventure type thing like for some reason the origin ones always work that little bit better for me so we'll see how I feel about that one and yeah like. After watching that, she's already like, all right, so what's the other one? And I'm like, okay, there's a sequel that came out a few years ago. And then there's a new one coming out that's like set in the 20s. That's the original. It's got Ray Fiennes in it. She's like, all right, so how are we going to see that if we can't go to the theater? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's a good question. We're going to figure that out in September, I guess. Because that's that's apparently because wasn't it supposed to be April and now it's that's like September became the new date or something like that. I feel like that's one of those weird movies that the date got moved like one or two times before the pandemic mm-hmm. stuff started happening. <laughs> like I feel like that was one that was like, what's happening with that movie? But, yeah, yeah, sort of like I mean, not quite as bad, but sort of like New Mutants, where it was like that was already like bounced around and delayed. Mm-hmm. And who knows what's happening? Yeah, because I feel like we saw a preview for that a long time ago at this point like three years ago at this yeah. point like it's it's been done for years yeah but yeah it's just it's weird also seeing like samuel jackson talking to obama in that you know as like one of the world leaders that he recruits or whatever and it's like how would they even deal with trump like <laughs> would they even like would would they even have trump in on that plan or would they just be like let's not bother with this it, it's just it's it's one of those things where it's just like you feel like they threw Obama in because they knew it was so ludicrous to have him as a part of it that mm-hmm. makes it that sells the whole like stupid plan. But I don't know. It's just it's it's jarring to have reminders of a world that was fucking normal, and that wasn't that long ago. So, but yeah, I I love that movie more every time I watch it and. I, I feel like the world has been robbed of Colin Firth being an action badass. <laughs> Probably. You know, like like, uh, like Mr. Darcy just fucking wrecking people. I mean, like, mm-hmm. why didn't we get this sooner? <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Yep. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't. I have no answers for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I don't like the more I think about this like next segue it, it it makes me sound like a crazy person but I'm used to that anyway so I'm gonna go ahead and just roll it first off movie that has nothing to do with anything just to decide to watch it again was Kong Skull Island I just basically oh yeah I, I basically like went yeah. into um I went into like my iTunes library and I started realizing like, like just how many movies I own that I had never ever actually watched like the digital copy of it's just like I either got a digital copy in a disc or somebody handed uh, Chuck's forever getting codes from, you know, like, Oh, I bought this used DVD. See if this works. And like, I'll get a code and suddenly I have a movie in my iTunes library. Mm-hmm. It's like, so I got some weird shit and I bought some weird movie bundles and things like that. So I was like, Oh yeah, I have Kong Skull Island. I like, I know I've seen this. I just don't think I've watched like the pretty 4k version. Like that mm-hmm. movie's still a lot of fun. And I, I, I feel so unbelievably dense that somehow the first time I did, 
like the, the thing it always annoys me when like something is so obvious that like you're you're like how the fuck did i not catch that i mean especially when it's an 80 foot tall fucking gorilla <laughs> but the parallel of like they're literally like fighting you know samuel jackson pivots to fighting kong because he couldn't fight he couldn't finish fighting the Viet Cong, and i was just like yep. jesus christ how the fuck did yep. i not put that together <laughs> in my head like he's literally gone from one kong to another and <laughs> and that's why he's just like fucking a whatever happens we're killing him yeah, yeah. So, that, I, that, like, that, I will stump for that movie every time i i think like that movie is way fucking smarter than 99 percent of people who saw it gave it credit for i just i can't believe like that, that parallel like i mean yeah. clearly it's a you know vietnam era thing but at the time i was just like yeah okay i guess that makes sense you got to set up it so that they can get kong established so that you can mm-hmm. find godzilla and put them all together and <laughs> yeah so i was just like doing this like oh it's a period piece because that's gonna you know I'm, i was conditioned by marvel movies of like if it's a period piece there's a reason because it's gonna mean mm-hmm. this and this thing and <laughs> i wasn't just looking yeah. at the obvious of like oh yeah it's they went from fighting one kong to another okay cool <laughs> all right but anyway that movie is just like that movie in, in 4k and hdr and all that stuff that's like one of those oh, god movies. it looks so good yeah that's like that like pacific rim like these things are just like holy shit like they're the new twister like you know fire up the tv and be like look at this shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah but yeah that's a, just kind of why i watch that I, i'm gonna save one of the movies because like I, this is something I, i'm gonna have to have chuck but chuck to bounce off of because i you know he's the only one that's gonna give me a pro- proper i feel like valid bounce back on it um what is it now i need to know uh, okay all right well so so the thing is is like what i did is like what i was getting to is like i went diving into my itunes library and i started realizing like a there were movies i just had never watched the copy i had and i realized there were movies i just straight up haven't ever seen that are literally sitting in my itunes library and i was like that's stupid they're just sitting there waiting to press play on why don't i just pick a movie and like once a week just get something out of the iTunes archive that like you know a pile of shame digital shame or not even in some cases because I just like I said I'll just have a random ass movie but um, honestly like that's how Jen and I ended up seeing Kingsman I pulled mm-hmm. up my voodoo library and yeah. I was just like here yeah, scroll this, right yeah <laughs> just just I own all these we can mm-hmm. play them we don't have to pay anything but yeah. let me know which one you want to watch but I was going through and I was like okay for all the era that I grew up in and the number of references I've made to it on the Banffcast, I more making reference to Mr. Show, which I do all the time. Uh, I realized I'd never actually seen Pretty in Pink. I've seen mm. like every other John Hughes movie I think on the planet. Wasn't you know undying love with Molly Ringwald, you know, for my entire life, mm-hmm. and then it's like somehow I just never saw this movie. It's just like I I was aware of Ducky and stuff through osmosis, but had never yeah. actually sat and watched the movie. <laughs> It's and, like everyone you know, knows, oh, she's supposed to pick Ducky. <laughs> yeah. Sure, maybe. But anyway, yeah. I, I just I feel like I need to save that because I feel like I, I need Chuck to bounce that off of. But mm-hmm. it's my confession that I've never seen Pretty in Pink. I have now. But I guess okay. next week I will be debuting two unearthed iTunes <laughs> movies that I had never previously seen and nice. bouncing that off of Chuck. But what I was ultimately getting to in the random ass movies in iTunes, I was like, holy shit for some reason airplane is now in 4k dolby vision <laughs> and i was like the fuck are you doing paramount like you own indiana jones <laughs> like what the fuck are you 4king airplane for before indiana jones but anyway that's I, a good question i hit play anyway because i'm an idiot and i was like wow this looks really good and i ended up sitting watching all of fucking airplane for the 90th time but again through the magic of 4k and also you know modern times i paused at a scene i was like holy shit 
that that's Jonathan Banks, <laughs> like super baby Jonathan Banks is like one of the control tower guys. And then I was like, man, like, why do I just feel like all of a sudden Jonathan Banks appeared fully formed as an old dude, like ready to just talk shit. And then I was like, but he's been he around did. kind of, but like, you know, I was like, I know he's been around and I know we've seen him in things. And then it dawned on me like, oh, one of his more early famous roles was he was like one of the toughs in Beverly Hills Cop. I was like, it's been a fuckload of time since I watched Beverly Hills Cop. So get ready for me to talk about Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> um, hop, on the, yeah. hop on the Banks train. <laughs> so Beverly Hills Cop 1, I mean, this is like no surprise, but is still fucking amazing. Like that's an incredibly well written and done movie, just the way it escalates. And mm-hmm. it's also like there's something I really appreciate about the early Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer productions is like before they kind of like reach that crescendo where it's like all right giant fucking asteroid is going to blow up the earth you know it's just like where they just like every you know it's like the corporate mentality of like they just kind of keep outdoing themselves to the point that it's just like all right maybe it's just a little too big like at what point do you scale down it's like the marvel movie Mm -hmm. escalation problem you know yeah um so i there's just something i like about that era where it's like yeah, it's rated R, but it's like, it's going to have good action. It's going to have good comedy. And it's just like, and we're actually going to bother to put like a good ass soundtrack, you know, a pop, you know, not only, not just like a pop soundtrack, but like a pretty good, like, well, the actual Foley theme is like mm-hmm. as iconic as any of the, yeah. you know, bomb ass, like pop tracks that are on that. Like that, that thing is like wall to wall, like awesome hits. Like that movie just starts and it's just like, you know, pop song hit pop song hit, you know, just like one right after another. And yeah, it's just, it's a damn solid movie. Yeah, and that's like you're getting Eddie Murphy at his peak almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But so I then was like, okay, I it's been a number of years since I've seen Beverly Hills Cop too. I I remember like three being just fucking atrocious, even though it's like John Landis or something. Yeah, three's bad. Yeah, like three. I remember just remember being extremely bad, but like two's okay, and like that's a, that's like the weirdest trilogy I feel like ever because fuck, who's the who did the first one? It's like. It's a solid director, but he's not like super well-known name. Oh, it's uh, Martin Brest. But I mean, like the sequel is done by Tony Scott and the third one's done by John. Yeah, it Landis. is Martin Brest. Yeah. I mean, it's just Good like call. he's I'm saying he's a, you know, a pretty well-known, but not like, you know, you can say Tony Scott and, you know, John Landis. And you're like, oh, the directors like, you know, like now yeah, I, I know who these people are. But like, that's just a weird like I almost feels like an escalation to me, like. There's no, no no offense to Martin Press, but it's like Tony Scott is like, that's a damn good get for a sequel to a movie. You know, like usually sequels when it's like, yeah, just get somebody, you know, like don't need to bring in a talented director. But mm-hmm. yeah, two's two's pretty good. It's not as good, but it's a solid, solid sequel contender in my book. Um, but that kind of led me into yet another like I was kind of getting into the that realm of Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer things. And I just decided to rewatch Top Gun because, again, I was like, well, shit. More Bruckheimer and Tony Scott, like let's do, let's do this. And again, that's another one that's in glorious restored 4K and looks mm-hmm. really, looks really good. Like that's that's one I'm starting to realize. I don't know if I've ever seen for as many times as I've seen that movie. I feel like all I've ever seen were bad transfers of that movie. Like it was one like I was watching it. It's it's sort of like seeing uh like when they did the. Everyone hates the special editions, but I love the special editions because it was not the what they did to them, but just seeing the seeing them in a theater in widescreen when all you'd ever mm-hmm. seen was on VHS, and then you got yeah. to the shitty CG stuff, and it was like, oh fuck you! But like that yeah, initial but like, like the matte boxes were yeah, gone, yeah, and like that all, sort of stuff. all of that kind of stuff. To like just seeing Star yeah. Wars properly, like the, like seeing Top Gun in this restoration that's out on like iTunes now, 
I was like, I feel like I've seen Top Gun wrong, like forever. <laughs> like, I feel like there's scenes that were blurry, like out of focus that mm-hmm. aren't supposed to be. And they're not in this. <laughs> like, I just feel like I've always like I I know Top Gun like really well. And I, I just I had that like same kind of feeling uh, watching Star Wars in the theater as watching mm-hmm. this this copy of Top Gun. You know, like it was just like, holy shit, I feel like I'm seeing this for the first time. Like, that's how good and everything cleaned up this looked. Almost like that Robocop 4K transfer they did a few years ago was like, oh, this is what Robocop's supposed to look like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where it's like, we've been watching it wrong for a number of years. So just saying, there's a really good 4K copy of Top Gun out there. And if you even kind of like Top Gun, it's, yeah. just watch it because you're like, which mm-hmm. I can only assume was supposed to coincide with the new movie. Probably. But yeah, so like I said, that's. Random ass pile of movies that have a loose thread behind them, at least in my mm-hmm. crazy brain, where I was like, oh, this person, maybe this. And <laughs> sequel to this. Let's do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm a weirdo. Yeah, I guess that new Top Gun got pushed to December now. Hmm. Yeah. No. Well, by the director. Might as well of Tron. just release it direct. Yeah. To streaming so. right now. Yeah, but not- director of Tron Legacy. So I will probably be interested just for that yeah speaking the of trailers which, they, on that had me sold yeah speaking of which they mentioned the they're working on tron 3 but yep it's more like uh we're hoping to get this person and we're hoping to get that person and it's like get joseph kaczynski or you're gonna have to talk me into it it's basically they've just announced that like they're they're doing it mm-hmm. they haven't announced anything else yet right yeah Pretty much. But, yeah. I, I just, like... Tron Legacy is another one where I'm like, man, this movie's actually really good. <laughs> like, that's this one movie that, is kind of fucking awesome. I, I don't know. That's in that odd era where you can't say exactly what the, the holdup would be, but that was one, like, when Disney Plus came out, I was like, oh, please tell me there's 4K Tron Legacy. <laughs> like, I mean, oh literally, like, one of the first ones I went looking for because I was like, I bet this yeah. would look fucking amazing because, you know, they sort of stealth upgraded a lot of their movies mm-hmm. and, and Star Wars shit on there, and people are like, oh, you know. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, well, but maybe they did that one, but no. That's the one I still have the 3D Blu-ray because I still have a 3D TV, and it's like, you. this is the one you show. Like, when somebody's mm-hmm. like, oh, you still got a 3D TV? And it's like, yeah, fucking look at Tron Legacy, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's a it's a weird pile of movies I went through, but there's there's some loose thread there, and I co- coincidentally I started watching Maniac on Netflix because of that's the guy who directed Kong Skull. No, it's not. Uh, no, Kong Skull Island. That's not uh, Jordan Vogt Roberts. Yeah, no, no, no. What did I watch? Something that uh, fucking guys doing the new Bond movie did. What did he? What did he do before? Kerry Joji Fukunaga. Yeah. yeah. Uh, give me a minute. Did you do the first? Yeah, I mean, there was there was True Detective. No, that was Gareth Edwards or whatever Evans. There's two of those Gareths. <laughs> uh, Beasts of No Nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I still haven't seen that. I've been meaning to. Uh, True Detective. You may have heard of it. Uh, okay. no. <laughs> Jane right. Eyre. I don't know. So I don't know what I don't want let me to the, to watching fucking Maniac yeah. then. I thought I did some trailer, you know, like oh, I just saw this and this was good. It made me think to watch yeah. this, but no. Yeah. I'm only I'm only a couple episodes in, but that that shows a that shows a trip so far. <laughs> it's 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 interesting. I was just going to say I'll I'll report back when I finish it. <laughs> I don't know how I've been okay. consuming as much media as I have lately. But. Yeah. You're lucky. 
now that I'm working again, I don't, I don't have time. It's like I get home, I'm like, oh, maybe. I don't know. So, BJ, you got anything? I have um, nothing this week. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Well, I don't really have anything anything of note to speak of. Um, All right. Thanks for, thanks for joining us and everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're welcome. I mean, yeah. y'all always get, you know, you're always like, oh, no, it doesn't matter if you don't have anything to talk about. We still <laughs> like you to show up and... Well, we thank so you as always. Here. We thank you as always, Lindsay Buckingham, for joining us. We'll yeah, try to get no to you next time. Yeah. Uh, so, would you like to hear some emails? Uh, no. Okay. I mean, yes, yes, of course. I oh, oh, oh right, yes, emails. We love emails. Uh, programming note: one of them's a voicemail. Oh. Okay. Uh, a voice I'm, email. Just, just so I, you know, I will get on that. It's probably going to look real weird on the live stream, but you're going to have to yeah, deal with it. I'm trying to remember. Uh, like, this one came in like june 21st and i don't think we've read it unless you guys read it when i wasn't around uh one about movie theme months i don't know that had like all right well i'm gonna read it anyway maybe yeah yeah we have terrible memories so you know chuck can edit all this shit out yeah or not which he probably won't because he probably won't even listen to this he'll just like sync up the beginning and then hit like let them all play and then hit stop and when he knows Chuck's he needs editing to stop. secrets away <laughs> It's not really a secret because <laughs> there's there's points where we'll be like Chuck edit this out and it's like nope it's still in there. <laughs> Maybe he thinks it's comedy like yeah, you know, like we break the fourth wall you know like. Maybe I, 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 don't, I don't know who was the anyway. person that re- who was the person that Regis and Kathy Lee used to always talk to off stage Gelman. Gelman, Gelman, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I feel like, was, like for, bring the house lights up. At a certain point, I was like, "Is that even a real guy?" Like, <laughs> like it's just like a bit. Like you yelled at a guy what, off state. Off what was the baby's name? Did they have a baby out there? Well, did she have a baby? Because I always remember the Saturday Night Live skit that was making fun of them, oh. and they like went to Operation Desert Storm, <laughs> and then like had the baby, and the baby was like coated in mayonnaise because they're like they're like the baby needs more sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> and they threw this baby doll that's just like coated in fucking mayo. It was just the grossest thing. Yeah, I just like said so maybe he's leaving it in, like you know, like hey Chuck, edit this part out. It's like, <laughs> it's like part of the routine. So Chuck is our Gelman, huh? Oh, maybe. <laughs> You're gonna make that drink as loud as possible. And yeah, now I gave myself hiccups thinking about that old Sonnet Live skit. You good, man? Yeah, I just had to get some ice. All right. So you you just gonna crunch some ice? Oh no! no. Okay. No. I was gonna say. No, I'm not a monster. <laughs> I, no, that would be a total dick move to sit there with a glass of ice, just crunching it <laughs> while we're recording. I'll go. You get know a, how badly I hate <laughs> mouth sounds. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be great. It's it's oh, my God. pet undiagnosed mental illness. Yeah. You crunch ice. He, uh, I'll chew gum, and, and someone else can like get a lollipop. <laughs> oh, gross! <laughs> the oh, trifecta. Ramen noodles. Oh, ramen noodles. Yeah. Yeah, eat ramen, ramen noodles like you're supposed you to eat ramen, them. where you mm-hmm. slurp yeah. the shit. Yeah. That that was the funniest thing when we were in Japan, and I was actually eating, and I was like being real quiet. They started laughing at me because I wasn't making any noise when I was eating my noodles. They're like, "You are so quiet," and I'm like, "Sorry, I'm a ninja." noodle ninja <laughs> all right so you guys want some emails <laughs> i would love some emails. <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs> 
The only thing I love more than myself is emails. This will be the magic of Chuck editing. People will be like, we'll never knew what happened. Before Chuck's going to leave this in. He's going to leave, gonna leave everything in. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is a long one from Andrew about uh, Eurovision Song Contest. Mm. And he said, uh, this is from Andrew who says, response to Eurovision Song Contest episode. Hey, Bamfcast crew. As crazy as it sounds, I'm in the middle of the Venn diagram of people who are fans of your podcast and the Eurovision Song Contest. I really enjoyed your episode about the recent Netflix film and your assessment of it. I'm sending you this email to answer some of your questions that you raised about the film and the contest itself. Other than funny accents and probably tax breaks, the most likely reason why the movie selected Iceland as the home nation of its main characters is because the country is one of the biggest underdogs of the contest. They, along with fellow fan-favorite nations Malta and Cyprus, have yet to win Eurovision. The closest they came was coming in second both in 1999, the contest that Will Ferrell credits as being the one that started his interest in the contest, and 2009, where the country was beaten by Norway, whose representative is the guy that plays the violin during the song-along. Rather coincidentally, Iceland were the heavy favorite to win at this year's contest, with their biggest rival being, in fact, Russia, until the cancellation. Boo. Though there has not been an incident where a boat explosion killed the nation's finalists, this scenario did kind of play out in real life for Iceland. In 2011, one of the contestants died suddenly mere days before the national selection. Several of his musician friends came together to play his song, Coming Home, and were voted to be Iceland's representative. At the first semifinal of Eurovision, they were shockingly announced as the last finalist. Maybe odd, but the reason why Dan Stevens and the other Eurovision participants aren't being more traditionally mean or evil to Fire Saga is because this relaxing attitude among the artists happens in real life. Most of the participants do bond with each other and or become friends during the countdown to the contest, either when they are all doing press and special Eurovision concerts in April or at the actual show. As stated in the film, some of the participants are well aware that they don't have a strong chance at winning the contest once all of the songs and artists have been picked, so the best they can do for themselves and their nation is to qualify for the grand final, have a great placing in the final, or at least have a memorable or earnest performance to help their careers. I won't bore you with any more nerdy details about Eurovision, so I'll end it by giving you some recommendations of famous Eurovision performances you can find on YouTube. Considering how much you guys love James Bond, I highly recommend Conchita Wurst's Rise Like a Phoenix from the 2014 contest as it was hailed slash derided as being a Bond-like theme. For something a bit goofy but still awesome, I recommend Lordy's Hard Rock Hallelujah from the 2006 contest. This guar-like heavy metal band are the obvious influence of one of the contestants in the movie. And for Harlow and Mackie especially, if you want a much shorter and more funnier version of the movie, I suggest searching for Love, Love, Peace, Peace from the 2016 contest. This comedic song bit performed by the show's Swedish host pretty much sums up the attraction of Eurovision and all the craziness it has exhibited. I was all set up to go to this year's contest at Rotterdam, the Netherlands, my first time ever going to see it live, and my first traveling outside the United States. Alas, the pandemic ruined that dream. Many th much thanks to you guys and your fantastic podcast for helping me get through this year and constantly making me laugh and smile. Thanks, Andrew. Glad we can help, Andrew. That answers so many things. Yeah. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. thank you for writing in, Andrew. I appreciate it. It is always good to have a Eurovision expert to, to let yeah. us know. And I, I just, I, I think what I love about Eurovision is like you can have a guar-like heavy metal band as part of it, and right. then follow it up with like a Celine Dion type person, you know, like earnestly singing a song about love or something, and then you can have a guar-like batch of people going, Rah! yeah, love it. Okay, there was so, also like okay. one year I think maybe it was it was Sweden like five years ago they had like half of the song featured some very um some very suggestive butter churning 
in it. Like there's like two and a half minutes of suggestive butter churning in the performance. I did not have that on my bingo card. Mm, yeah. <laughs> suggestive my, they butter my toes churning. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, That's the way you do it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was funny, Jen, like when we were going through movies to watch as well, like Netflix, we we're going through and that one came up. And yeah. Jen, Jen was like, huh. And then uh, like she read the description and then the trailer started and she got like maybe 20 seconds in. She's like, no, we're not fucking watching this. <laughs> and, then she, and then went to whatever was next on the list. So. That seems like something that Jen would not like at all. Yeah. I don't know if she does like Zoolander, right? She likes goofy comedies, right? Yeah, she does like. Yeah. yeah but. I, I think she just has like residuals. She hates Anchorman because yeah. like the, the whole like whole theater experience we'll get into. And yeah, Kingsman. She almost turned on Kingsman. I forgot to mention that. Because of the dog scene where I literally had to spoil part of the movie for her right before it happened. I'm like, all right, you're going to want to shut it off, but I'm just going to tell you now, <laughs> this is what actually happens. Hmm. So, Oh, right, right. Yeah, it was like a dog. I was like, oh, yeah, that the major dog scene. Okay, right. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah, and it's funny that that was uh, different in the original script, apparently. And then they realized that the audience would turn on them, most likely because of what happened to Anchorman at their test screenings when the dog gets booted and then they rewrote the entire ending of the movie just to bring the dog back. So, um, so this is gonna, I mean, yes, it's a bad joke, but I'm also, I actually legit have a question. So there's a little bit of irony that Eurovision in 2020 is not happening, but that I was also curious is as people that wear glasses is 2020 vision, like a world, is that a worldwide measurement of your ability to, is whatever scale you use to measure your ability, your, your, your level of blindness, a universal scale. <laughs> like that's you know. a good you question. Universal across like the world. I mean, the our world. Universe, the universe, okay, I, world, worldwide. I think so. Okay. I think so. Be yeah. I mean, I would think this is based on numbers. Like it, that's probably why they did it. So you could just go to another country and be like, here's my prescription. Give me glasses. I know how to do this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, 2020 isn't, like a prescription 2020 is just like a, a generic oh yeah no, no i know it's not you know measurement um there's also six six apparently is that and is that in yeah Europe? because 2020 vision is the equivalent 20 of 20 feet. feet and six six means you can see six meters that when an average person sees oh, okay so 2020 yeah. probably not universal if it has to do with feet versus meters and stuff well, it was okay. before the commies took over and, and made everybody use the French metric system. Mm. Yeah, yes. the one that makes like 10 times more sense. It's just uh, easier no, to do. It, makes, it, nice makes, it makes 12 times more sense. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's easier to do quick math over. It's, math it's jokes. All, it's all arbitrary. Yeah. yeah, I prefer the hexadecimal system myself. Mm. Yeah, the Dewey hexadecimal system is yes. my favorite. There you go. It's just slightly moist. <laughs> We've got another email. Let's let's play that voicemail yeah. for God's sake. Uh -huh. Arlo liked that joke. You yeah. know, I, I the, the word moist is a trigger word to me. <laughs> just it gets so me. dewy and moist. Yeah, yeah, really works just, for it's you. way down in there. <laughs> Get all in the crevasses. Yeah. All right. All right so we'll yes, see if this voicemail. Email. We'll see if it plays over the live stream or not. Hey, Vampcasters, this is Kurt. 
formerly of Bangkok and then a bunch of other places, now of Pakistan. And, uh, hey, I was just listening to, uh, re-listening to the uh, Robot Jocks episode because I was in quarantine for two weeks, ran out of things to do by about day seven. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to uh, answer BJ's question about where the dink was. He asked about the dink. Um, and the, the sort of dink sound effect that two characters made. That was early in the film when Achilles and Tex were approached by the little Yoda-like woman that was running the Tubies program, and she gave them plastic test tubes for a semen sample because she wanted their genetic material, and they're like, what genetic material? And they're like, well, you are the best robot jocks that were ever created. And Tex kind of clinks his test tube against Achilles and goes, dink! That was uh, that was the bank that he was referring to. He's trying to remember it, and I hope that uh, I hope that uh, helps him out there. You know, in case nobody's gone back and revisited that movie since he did the episode in 2009. <laughs> Anywho, I uh, hope you're all doing well. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Take care. <laughs> I was get, I was getting there on my own of like, wow, that was uh, holy. Thanks shit, for that was, thanks that for was eleven years ago. Yeah, eleven ago. years. That question has been bugging me, and there's been no way I could have answered it my myself <laughs> in eleven years. And the thing is, we almost watched <laughs> we almost watched that for five thousand for five hundred. That was one of the considerations, but we'll watch it for five thousand for sure. Yeah, well, yeah. And what what year would that be? Not two thousand nine. It would probably be twenty one oh nine when we get to five thousand. I don't Something know, like that. I don't uh, know math. We, we lost all our numbers. We may never do an episode again. It may be just quarantine just, hour, and we'll be on quarantine hour just, episode 5,000. Keep, keep it easy and say, like, we're going to do about 50 episodes a year. You know, just yep. use simple math. So in year 21... Oh 50 a year, so it takes two years yeah, to get 100. 2109. Let's just say 2109-ish. That works. Let's let's watch. We should watch Robot Jocks before then. Okay. No, no. I want to. I want it to be fresh in twenty one oh nine. I think by then we could watch Pacific Rim and be like, "Ha! Look at these effects!" <laughs> and then hop in our actual Max and go home. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, "Look! Look at literally anything." It's. it's yeah. I'm a hundred and. It's like he has a rocket a fist. And... <laughs> That's so lame. Twenty seven, oh, and I can still He's... see things. He's using, a, he's using a boat as a like a bat. It's so lame. I'm gonna go out and use, do that myself. <laughs> God. Yeah. I'm gonna have so much dementia by 2109. Uh, like, I, I'll be lucky if I'm even like. <laughs> that'd be great. I, that would probably be the only thing I remember. Be like, all right, it's Wednesday. It's about nine o'clock. I need to get on Zoom. <laughs> it's just automatic at that point. I get on. I'm just like, who are you people? Why does Grandpa still use that old computer? So Why is he weird. still using Great. Zoom? Yeah. It'll well, be the only thing left, man. The communists yeah. will have taken over. They'll be like, you use Zoom or you use nothing. No more go to meeting or net meeting or Teams or. Yeah, our IT Google guy chat. insists that Skype is going away and being replaced with Teams completely. I was like, I uh, don't know, man. No, probably not. I don't know. Teams isn't actually anything. It's a wrapper of other programs, including yeah. Skype. Yeah. <laughs> is I mean, is, is Teams just a Skype wrapper? Basically. Yeah. Like, and that's why Microsoft I can do all the Messenger wrapper, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they basically just like that's why you can do like Planner and all the things you can do in it because it's just like 
skinning their other programs mm-hmm. into it. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh. We we'll use Zoom. T- Hooray. Because it is convenient. I am starting to wonder if we're ever going to actually like be able to meet in the studio and watch a movie again. It, it's it, when the hell that's going to actually happen next year. Yeah. I mean, I'll see you I, in- I really think it might be then. We still have the option to try virtual watch session. We, we, we haven't explored. I mean, we kind yeah. of like one of the many, many, uh, many, many, uh, little uh, things that have happened through us off, but we were thinking about, uh, experimenting with a way to co-watch a movie and do kind of Mm -hmm. return to our old show but yeah you know there's one thing we can do which is kind of cool i don't know if we have a bamfcast twitch account but twitch has watch parties through amazon prime now really so we could do a twitch like bamfcast watches twitch with oh we could just do our, our dumb live commentary that we normally do while watching a movie yeah exactly with yeah. uh with our fans watching along so well, I, re- I remember watch parties on the 360 in the early days of netflix streaming were like were the dope. shit they they worked it was so well and it had like your know. little avatar in the bottom doing mst3k stuff that's and the then they just abandoned it. it i'm sure ne- i'm sure netflix shut it down somehow they're like no you can't be doing this but everybody had to have a netflix account right mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah there, was, there was there was no perfect. loss to it. Like I mean, it was yeah. it's such a dumb yeah. thing. Like it's yeah. Not only did but, you but have hopefully to have a the Twitch account, thing will replace that. Xbox Live. So mm-hmm. how does the Twitch one work? Is it just like it syncs up to Prime? Well, they and, own. I mean, Amazon. Yeah, Amazon owns Twitch, so yeah. Yeah, it syncs yeah. up with Prime. So, so is it just like uh, is it showing all the video across the bottom, like everyone's little? video screens and then one big one with the movie itself yeah i was gonna say does this mean anyone no, that so, wants to watch the movie has to have a prime account or do they just go to twitch and they can like stream the movie as like that seems like they probably couldn't do that like <laughs> i don't know exactly yeah. how it works i'll have to look into it but okay. um it's like we'd be broadcasting on twitch and then playing the movie i don't i'm pretty sure we'd be able to see it and mm-hmm. people who are who are watching along would be able to see it but i don't know i'll figure it out i'll figure it out but they we will we will test it yeah maybe we can test it with the no quarters account at some point because yeah the no quarters account is at least affiliated and all that yeah but yeah yeah so uh if you got twitch go to no quarters twitch.com slash no quarters net subscribe you just click the follow button for now yeah okay just Fine, follow whatever. Yeah, and follow us on Mixer for uh, another twenty or so um, days. No. <laughs> or don't. No, unfollow us on Mixer and no. follow us on Twitch. Yeah, but if they want to check us out on everything else, what can they do, BJ? They can go to our website, which is bmfcast.com, and click on all the neat shiny buttons on the right hand side. That'll take you to all our socials, including our Discord and Patreon, which is how we keep this podcast uh, free and excellent and. Um, rich yeah because we have all your money now <laughs> it uh, pays for zoom now yes but uh yeah patreon.com slash bmfcast uh you can go give money directly there a uh, couple bucks a month will get you some bonus podcast stuff uh it's it's really nice it's good stuff it helps us pay for all of our hosting and all these weird things that we need to buy because we're quarantined and we have to figure out how to do yeah. this shit remotely <laughs> so one day one day we'll be back yeah, I think Chuck then, has kept buying movies for us. So, yeah. 
So we'll be stocked up. We'll be ready. He, he did say, like, if we ever actually are able to go back to doing, like, sit in the same room type movies, he's like, it's going to be five jocks. Like, like every, he's like, <laughs> no bullshit, no, no Battle Queen 2000. It's going to be, like, hit after hit after hit. Yeah, we got to give him at least, at least, like, three months worth of hits. Yeah. Because it's been too long, man. God, it has. I was, like... Okay, this is how long it's been. So, on July 4th, I rode my bike down to downtown to watch the fireworks. Mm-hmm. And I was posting in Discord, and Mackie's like, oh, I'm, you know, over at Jen's work. And, um, not to, like, give too much away, but Jen works kind of in the vicinity of downtown. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. Hey, I could just ride by uh, and wave at you from within yeah. <laughs> visual distance. I yeah. was like super excited about that that possibility. Uh, ended up traffic really sucked and I didn't mm-hmm. want to ride my bike through all the traffic to get over there, but I was just jazzed at the possibility of just seeing the prospect from, like, of seeing some of us <laughs> across the parking lot. I was like, yeah. That would be super cool cuz I haven't seen your stupid faces in person in a long mm-hmm. time and I miss them. Yeah, it's yeah. You won't hey. when it happens again, but I mean, yeah, know, like enjoy the like, unique feeling of you know actually missing us for <laughs> right, right now, so that you can go Absence back. Absence makes the heart grow grow fonder, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah, that too. Yeah, it's it's I I've adjusted better only because like I have a job now, so like seeing other people and having to go out and doing all that, like, yeah, I, I was getting a little stir crazy early on with the uh with the whole like not only i would say work from home but i wasn't really working i was (laughs) trying to find a fucking job but yeah like being on the computer most of the day and then just being like all right i guess it's time to go to bed now you know (laughs) yeah so i i just i look forward to whenever the hell this can finally end but we live in america so it's going to be a while and especially we live in Florida, so it's going to be some time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad my parents left. Like, I was, like, panicking about my parents leaving and getting on a plane and everything. And I'm like, thank God they left. Because holy yeah. shit, man. Stupidest pl- stupidest state in the country. As usual. Because yeah. Jen's like, why is everything Florida man jokes? And I'm like, because we're fuck-ups. <laughs> like, we well, can't not fuck up. The not reason our, that our arrest records are public, but that's yeah, right. I was going to say, like, we have some really strong public records laws, so that's why everybody knows how fucked up we are. Mm-hmm. Like, I all guarantee our, all our dirty West laundry's Vir- out on you know out on the lawn, <laughs> hanging up right. on the clothesline. <laughs> if you could, if West Virginia had sunshine laws like we do, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody would be talking about West Virginia man instead of Florida man. Yeah. So it's just public records laws. That's the only reason. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. It's super easy to find every arrest record and all that yeah but well isn't it was it our local paper that decided they were not going to run mugshots with actually uh, crime stories anymore actually well okay so i believe they're still going to run mugshots with crime stories however we and a lot of the other uh formerly morris communications and then gatehouse mm-hmm. uh newspapers um are we still on the actual show right now? Yeah, we're doing. <laughs> okay. yeah, it's fine. It's Friday hour, man. Well, I didn't know if you wanted to be throwing all no. this out there in the recorded it's thing fine. somewhere. Okay. That's fine. Just throwing Whatever. it out there. Um, come at me, bros. 
Um, don't come at me, please. Don't come at me. Um, <laughs> Leave him alone. Like you guys don't come at me. Like oh. work, you can come at me. Like, yeah, I don't. Anyway. <laughs> right. Um, so there, they had mugshot galleries where, like, it was just round up of fucking mugshots for the week and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of what anybody was arrested for, they just throw out all the all the mugshots because those are like really high um, engagement sort of things. And it would just drive your web traffic through the friggin' roof. But um, Gannett decided when we got bought by Gannett, um, not too long after that, uh, Gannett decided to start doing away with those because um, it's just kind of tacky. Um, Yes. You know, you're presumed innocent until proven guilty. So, um, they decided it was just not a, it was not a, a community friendly thing to do anymore. So they yeah. de- they decided to do away with it, and we're just one of the latest ones to to implement that. So uh, apparently, our editor had wanted to do it for a while, but it was um, it was driving so much traffic to the website that uh, that we didn't really didn't really have a choice for a while without support from upper level management and. To be honest, like as a company, we've been doing some some pretty decent things for for the world. So I'm pretty happy about pretty happy mm-hmm. about all that. Um, just ignore all the times on on the rest of the podcast where I've said my job is a giant garbage fire and I hate everything about it. Um, sure. For now, that's the story of that. I've already forgotten. Who? What, what were we talking about? Yeah, um, exactly. See my. <laughs> My early onset dementia has already started. So anyway, I'm Harlow. Um, I'm, I'm yeah, like sloppy. I guess we should get out of here, though, shouldn't we? Yes, I reckon so. All right. Uh, I'm actually Harlow. <laughs> I'm Mackie. I'm actually BJ. And for Chuck, this is Banffcast out. See you guys uh, soon, motherfuckers. Eventually. one to kill a bad guy buys the beer.